0: This is part two of Unfound's coverage of the disappearance of Jesse Farber. Jesse Lee Farber was a 29-year-old from Tamaqua, Pennsylvania. He was the father of two and was a creative type. On the night of August 11, 2015, Jesse called his girlfriend, telling her he was on a nearby mountain, that coyotes were after him, and to bring guns. The girlfriend and her brother showed up just minutes later, but could not find Jesse. He was never seen again. I'm at Denzel, and this is unfound.
1: I mean, I think they think uh, do the basics, you know, like, just mm-hmm. like anybody would, like, asking me questions about, you know, do you know what he was involved in, do you know, is this right, normal activity for him, um, what was he, what was going on in his life, is there any reason that, you know, he would take off, all, all like, the normal
0: stuff, mm-hmm.
1: but not that early, like, they didn't do it um, that day that that had, that i was talking
0: about right but at some point did they talk to you i just guess uh let's just keep it simple did they ask you ever ask you you know where were you that night things like that can anybody prove where you were something you know stuff like that
1: um i don't think they did ever ask me that um they did receive like the phone records and stuff like that so they were able to see that like i was trying to get a hold of him mm. and uh you know, I reported him missing right after I could, like I wasn't able to locate him and they yeah. came to the house and stuff, so um they never really like looked into extreme detail or anything.
0: Okay. So I guess what we're also saying is despite his mother pointing the finger at you in front of all these people and everything, I guess her words didn't really carry that far. Um,
1: they... not that day. It was was Pretty upsetting for me. Of course. Um,
0: but I, I guess what I'm saying is she, you know, she, you know, she's very suspicious of you. Maybe she's still suspicious of you to this day, but it didn't seem to hold a lot of weight with the police.
1: No, uh, the police officer there just, you know, it was kind of like everybody needs to calm down. You know, emotions are running high, uh, that kind mm-hmm.
0: of thing. Okay, and at no point after that, 2015, 2016, 18, 20... Have the police ever, when you've talked to them, said, well, you know, Jesse's family kind of suspects that you had something to do with his disappearance. Anything like that? No,
1: not the police. They never said anything like that. I mean, his family has.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, let's move on to this. When did you find out about something you've already talked about, but I just want to put this uh, in the timeline now. When did you find out about this story about the day before? How he didn't. The reason he didn't show up for work is because he went to go get this money and then he got ripped off. When did you find out about this story?
1: Um, I st- I only heard part. Well, what I was told was somebody that we both that um, me and Jesse both know. Uh, after he was reported missing, this woman called me and said, "Yeah, I seen him sitting on this porch on Bow Street in Tamala." And I I didn't have any idea whose house this was or anything. But then later on, I came to find out that, uh, I guess, Jesse gave this this girl the money. Uh, He was waiting on the porch, and then she took off through the back and kind of left him there and burned him for that money. And I'm not sure when I found out that much detail because she actually told me herself that she did that.
0: Um, (laughs) Do you mean the woman who ripped Jesse off actually admitted to it?
1: yeah, Yeah. When did that happen? Um, I seen her a few times and I confronted her and I kept saying like, you know what, just tell me the truth. I'm just, I'm just looking for him. And, uh, she, her and her boyfriend were like willing to say like, look, yeah, we, we talked to him. We were supposed to meet him. And yeah, she did rip him off, but we don't know what happened after that. And that's what they told Uh, me. That's what they told me. Like uh, they were willing to talk.
0: All right. And how, once again, how soon after his disappearance did these, did you talk to them about this?
1: Uh, I would say no more than a a month. I, as soon as I started to figure out uh, the other side, of this. Uh, but mm. like I said, it's hard to think back to exact time. But it it wasn't long after his disappearance.
0: Did you two? Did you know these two people before you heard about this?
1: No, I I didn't know about a lot of them actually.
0: All right, how do you think Jesse knew them?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I don't know.
0: All right. I don't
1: know when he ever, or how he met this girl to begin with. I I don't know. All
0: right. So they didn't work together. Didn't go to school together. Didn't live in like the same complex that you two lived in. Nothing like that. No,
1: nope, nothing like that.
0: And what what exactly? I mean, if they're going to admit to it, what was the scam?
1: Um, she told me that he asked her to get drugs for him. And that she basically, she was a drug user at the time, and she basically ripped them off so that, you know, she could have that money to get whatever she wanted.
0: And she said she was going to go inside that house to get drugs, and she went out the back door and ripped them off? Yes. Okay. Wow. Well, I guess, uh... Certainly underhanded, certainly a little illegal, but I give them all the credit in the world for owning up to it. If we are to believe the story, of course. Right. Um, do these two people seem like the type that would do that?
1: Oh my God! Yeah. Okay. I mean, right. right. Right now, um, they've, uh, from what I've seen, changed mm-hmm. their lives around. Great for them, but at the time, they were, they were, you know. Up to a lot of different things.
0: Okay, up to no good, maybe ripping other people off. Uh, yeah. Did she ever say that she had ever taken money off of Jesse before? No. All right, so because once again we have to go back. Well, all this money is missing. Where did it go? And now, <laughs> right, right. and and now we have this story. Like the day before that he goes missing, that somebody took eighty bucks from him.
1: Right. And, and what? And then. That... Please. Um. And then that he was looking for these drugs that, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like I said, he's never been an addict or even at times had fallen into, like, choosing to do a serious drug. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure what happened on -hmm. this day where he just decided, I'm going to go out and do this. Mm -hmm. And it's so out of character for him. It's just, I don't...
0: And what kind of drugs are we talking about? uh, Meth. Alright, so they ripped him off, and then it was that next day, allegedly, that he was trying to get that money back, and was this the same guy that would not meet him, kept changing the location, all the same same people? Right. Okay.
1: He told Jesse he would pay him back, and uh,
0: uh-huh.
1: Jesse had told um, the guy's girlfriend that he was staying with that, that he did feel uneasy about meeting him. Um, but that they had planned to go and there was like three different places and I know from the Facebook messages that Jesse was kind of getting annoyed that he was he would tell him to go there and then he was blowing him off and and then as far as like I said before they were supposed to meet and uh, even the police looked at cameras and Jesse never showed up so I don't know if he just gave up on that situation or
0: mm-hmm. okay uh, you know yeah yeah why do I think they weren't going to pay this money back at all? I mean, what people rip people off and then the next day I give the money back?
1: Yeah, especially the kind of people they were. That's, right. that's something somebody brought up me brought up to me too that that's not normal.
0: Of course it's not normal. I did, when you were talking to, they, you were given opinion on what happened to Jesse? Did they know about his disappearance?
1: No, they said they just told me what happened or they all they ever really did say is like, we don't know, like the the guy, the boyfriend said like he didn't ever actually meet him that day. So he couldn't tell me, you know, you know, what was he where where was he headed or what was his mind like, you know, at that time? Nothing like that. So mm-hmm. they just kept saying, we, we don't know, we're sorry for what you're going through, but we don't, we have no idea. And I went to them many, many times because I kept getting directed back at them. Mm-hmm. Like no matter where, I would get directed back at, at them. So I would always, I mean, I kept going back to them like, okay, are you telling me the truth? Are you lying? And uh, they mm-hmm. they always said the same thing.
0: Okay, Are they also saying that they never did give jesse any drugs at all is that is that also true
1: yeah i believe um as for if there was any time that happened that i don't know about um, Mm. i'm not sure but i don't think so but yeah like they never they never gave him anything back in return
0: so they say okay
1: yeah
0: all right we got this crazy and once again we have to remember this happened the day before on august 10th she takes the money takes off Jesse seemingly, allegedly trying to track them down even into August 11th, but seemingly that never happens. Uh, I want to go over this again. There was a sighting of him on August 11th, uh, kind of what they call the, the S-curves, walking toward town. Um, what time was this again? Who saw this?
1: This was about 7.15 p.m. and... Um it was a childhood friend of Jesse's that have known him for most of their lives.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he was somebody that I considered, you know, a trustworthy person. I believe what he told me.
0: Okay. Of course. Uh, and how long after the disappearance did this person come forward?
1: Um, he, came, he came right away and, told, and I talked to him personally. He said that he, uh, he even reached out to Jesse's mom to let her know too. Mm-hmm. So he told us right away.
0: Okay, so it wasn't like a year later he was trying to remember it. Uh, no. Okay, and is uh, did they like did he honk at them? Did they wave? What did he say? Jesse looked like anything like that.
1: He just said he was walking on like the out, outing of the of the road there, like in the gravel right next to the guardrail. He said that Jesse was heading in the direction of town. That he was carrying a book bag. Uh, he didn't say that he stopped. He said he wish he would have stopped. But he didn't stop, um, and I don't think that Jesse looked at him as he was driving past to have recognized that it was his friend, and he was kind of looking forward, from what he told me.
0: Okay, uh, so this could conceivably be Jesse walking from his grandparents' place into town. Would right, this have been the but right his direction? Grandfather-
1: Right, that's what I, That's a question too, because um, it seems like it would have been from, that he was coming from the valley,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: um, this happened on the 11th, and from what his grandparents told me, they haven't seen him since he left on the, previ- the previous day, yeah, so okay. they had never said otherwise that he was at their house, so it's really confusing of like where he was, what direction he was going in, and he's walking on the road, and then he decides to walk back on the mountain, it just nothing makes sense.
0: Okay. This sighting of Jesse, is this close to where he said he was on that phone call?
1: Um, actually like right on the other side of the S curves is where the mountain the mountain starts. You typically can't mm-hmm. like get onto it at that point because mm-hmm. it's really steep right there, but it is not far. Yeah, you can get onto it. Okay. Pretty and, yeah, pretty quick.
0: All right, so not a crazy sighting and it very well maybe in this call that Jesse was telling the truth even though the Coyotes and maybe sounds a little outlandish. Let's now move on to this. Uh, very fortunate, I guess, in this disappearance that we you have been able to get a hold of those phone records uh, for Jesse. First of all, tell the listeners how you uh, got them and um, what do those records say about the evening and night of August 11th of 2015?
1: Um, I got the records from his brother because me and Jesse's phone were under his contract. So his brother printed out, um, records for me and he gave some to the police. Um, he's the one that told me who the person was, like a certain person was, which happened to be the guy that Jesse stayed with at his house overnight. Um, most of the calls on the 11th, uh, were to this guy and from this guy, and then there was um, calls to his bank account, a few of them, um, a few calls to his voicemail, and a few more calls to that same guy, and then the last one was to me.
0: All right, so as far as the records go, last call he ever made, seemingly, is to you. Yes. Does it seem... Um, that if we are to believe that he actually was on this mountain and having some type of issue, does it look like he texted or called anybody else trying to get help before he called you?
1: No, not that I had seen, no.
0: No. Um, Those records, as best as you can tell, when was the, before he called you that night about the coyote's, uh, what was the last substantial phone conversation he had that lasted for any like a minute or two or three? How long before that?
1: Um, as for talking to somebody, or because I think the calls he made before me were calls to his voicemail and mm-hmm. the ones to his bank account, but he did call that guy um, twice, and it said it was an outgoing call that Jesse made to him, but he didn't answer it. So, um, but they had talked earlier in the, like earlier in the day where the, you could see like Jesse called him, he called back, that kind of thing. But, um, Mm -hmm. there was a little bit of time in between where there was calls to, you know, the voicemail, whatever, until he called me. Like there wasn't anything like right before that. I think there was like two hours where there wasn't anything before the call for help.
0: Wow. All right. So two hours, let's say of silence, then all of a sudden he's calling you. About being yeah. up on the, the mountain near the high school and bring guns and the coyote. Coyotes. Yes. Okay. Uh, regarding his call to his bank over and over, is that something that was common for him to do? Or would you say that's a surprise to you being that you lived with him for so long?
1: I think it's strange because this happened on a Tuesday and we didn't get paid. We got paid bi-weekly on a Friday. Uh... So for him to keep calling, I mean, if he would have called once, he'd know that his account, what, what was in his account, which at the time was nothing. Um, but for him to keep re- recalling it, and it was weird to me. It was like he was waiting for money to be put into it, or he was trying to make someone else like, believe that he was waiting for money to be deposited. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't really think of any other reason that he would repeatedly call it, knowing that it's not just going to change.
0: Right. Right. All right. So he's doing this somewhere, and he's trying to reach this guy. Uh, do you have the records for any text? Is it? Do you have the record for the? Of course, we're not going to know what the texts say, but do you have any texting information?
1: Um, there was texts um, that I had sent to him. Um, I know that there was some texts that were. I don't. I don't know really how to explain it, but there's these apps out that you know basically. It's like a free texting app. So when, when somebody mm-hmm. actually texts you from the app, it comes up as like an internet usage instead of like as a, an actual text message.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, there was those on there and they were supposedly um, from this, this girl that ripped his money off and from the boyfriend. Although they did also exchange messages over Facebook Messenger. Um, but mm. I can't remember. I think that there, you know, there was some some text as far as messaging that that guy stayed at his house too um as well. But I don't remember like the time frame of the text messages. Okay.
0: Let's move on to this phone ping. Where uh as best as you can tell, has anybody ever told you where his phone last pinged?
1: Uh yeah, the police told me that. The last call pinged off of the tower that is on the high school mountain, and it pinged off the elementary school mountain tower. So it hit off both of them, and they told me that from that, he could have been in anywhere in a two-mile radius when he made that call, anyway. which is a lot of area. Right. It's a lot of area.
0: All right, so it does say that he could be on Sharp Mountain by the high school, but it says that he could actually have been in this other location that he, he made a mistake on as well.
1: Yeah, okay. and and surrounding towns even. I mean, it like a two-mile radius adds up to a lot of area. Okay.
0: Regarding his phone, just the phone itself, uh, did you tell me that he had gotten a new one recently before he went missing? And was it found was it not found?
1: Yeah, he got a new phone. Um, I'm not sure the date, but it was, you know... Right around when he left our apartment and as far as I know it was never found.
0: Okay. Why did he get a new phone?
1: Um, I think he wanted to get like an updated one. He had more of like a an old school one and he actually got this like one of the newer models that came mm-hmm. out recently.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so it wasn't like he lost this other one or something like that? No. Okay. Did he, and he kept the same phone number? Um, no, he
1: got a new phone number. He did
0: get a new phone number. Okay. I see. And uh, is there any chance, I have to ask, is there any chance that he might have had more than one phone going at a time?
1: Uh, that's something that I've considered. Um, I tried looking in, like, into it as best as I could, but I can never prove it. But that is something that I've, I've wondered about and, and I've considered.
0: Okay. Uh, I guess what I'm asking also is the phone that he had or phone number that he had up until like August 1st of 2015. How long did he had that number? Um, that
1: I'm not sure of. He kind of went through phones pretty quick, so I'm not really sure like mm-hmm. how long he had that particular phone or the number that went to it. Not offhand, I don't remember.
0: Okay. Because I, I guess for most people, you know, I've had you know a bunch of different phones since 2003 when I got my first cell phone, but I've had the same number the whole time. So, uh, so are, are you leading uh, us all to believe that he was switching phones and we would switch phones, the numbers would get changed too? Um, I don't think it, that, it always went
1: that way, but mm-hmm. sometimes it did go that
0: way. Okay. All right. So, maybe change carriers or something. Okay. Yeah. And anything about those records, uh, you got them from his brother. Would you say that the brother gave them to you willingly? Yeah. All right. Anything unusual about the records or anything that would cause you to think they weren't true?
1: Yeah. um, I was with his brother when he gave the police the records. And so the police were actually looking at the records that his brother had given them. And uh, it wasn't long after that. And they actually called me down to the police station and they had said to me, they were, like, implying that I wasn't telling them something. And then they finally came out and said, like, you're lying about the time that he called you. And I'm like, no, I'm not.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh so they are like, well, just wait a minute. And they actually got ATT to forward them the the records right away. And they came back in, and they're like, okay, well, we, we got the records straightened out. We see that you weren't lying, and they let me leave. And then they pulled his brother in. But before they before they let me leave, they were asking me, you know, if if Jesse needed somebody, would, would he call his brother? I said, yes. And were they close? And I said, yeah, pretty close, you know, um, then they pulled his brother in. I'm not sure what, what was said to him, but the police had said that there was a phone call Jesse made to his brother. And that that phone call was not on the records that uh, that he had given me or that he had given the police, and that's what kind of messed up like the records. Altogether.
0: And when? And uh, when was that call?
1: Um, it was at six p.m. I think the night that Jesse went missing, and it was like a four-minute long call. I'm not sure if it was the 10th or the 11th, but I believe it was the 11th. Mm. And uh, yeah, so uh, the police brought him in about that, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure whatever came to that or exactly why that call was
0: the records that, that. the records that you have is that call on there?
1: No. Well, I did have another copy that the police got me, and then I, I handed them copies into a, another police department that asked me for them that were supposed to return them, so I don't have
0: that, mm-hmm. that
1: copy right now.
0: Right. It's amazing. They asked for your good thing and then they don't give it back as if the police, it's the police's phone records. It's not. They have no, they have a right, I guess if they want to solve something, they have a right down, but they should let you keep a copy. You know, we run into this. But I guess what we're saying is that the records that you have, that you've seen, you didn't see that particular phone call on there. However, when the police went to directly to the company, the phone call was on there.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: So we might imply that at some point, somehow, somebody deleted that call from the records. Right. Have you ever talked to his brother about that? Any explanation?
1: No. He he never really he never really told me anything about that. That was kind of toward the end of when he was heading out. Uh, he stayed for about. Two weeks when Jesse first went missing, and then he said that he needed to go back. He was in college, and uh, that was, it. and he just, I didn't see him again then for a while after. I didn't see him again until later on that year before Christmas.
0: Did you ever ask him, though, about that phone call?
1: Um, Yeah, I believe I did, but I don't think he ever gave me, he kind of just denied that. Oh, he did? He denied that that happened, yeah.
0: Okay. Is this the same brother that uh, came over to you and told you about owing money? Yes. Okay. Moving on, stuff was found up there on uh, Sharp Mountain. Why don't you talk about this? Uh, A couple searches done and things were found. When did this all happen and what was found?
1: Okay, so in 2016, Uh, December 2016, um, a hunter came across a pair of sweatpants that were laying at the base of a tree, and he supposedly went to pick them up. And there was a rock in one end, um, and he said he looked up and seen the tree, uh, or the bag that was hanging on the tree. So he knew of Jesse's situation, and he knew the grandparents, so he contacted Jesse's grandparents. Um, From there they uh, From what I was told they took the bag to the they removed the bag from there and they took the bag to the police And the police had said that they didn't need it and they said that his mother could hold on to it Uh, The the kind of things that were found there uh, there was the book bag It was in the tree there a hoodie a pair of boots the sweatpants a phone charger wire And there was a credit card found, but that was not found um, on the same day. That was found later on.
0: Did the credit card have a name on it?
1: It didn't, um, but they ran it, and it did come back as Jesse's. It was a prepaid, it was like a prepaid, it was through his bank, it was like a prepaid uh, credit card, basically, where it was was meant to build up your credit, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. To help
0: build your credit up. When uh, all I'm right, sure. so this happens in 2016, um, and you were told by the police or whoever that this card was actually Jesse's. Uh, yeah, I was told. I was told it was. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: his his family had said
0: that it was his. Okay. Would you say this was in the general area of where he said he was that night?
1: Um. I would say it's a general area, but there's a lot of area up there.
0: Okay. Regarding um, the the sweatpants and these boots, uh, have you ever seen them in person? No. Have you ever seen pictures of them?
1: Uh, no, I wasn't allowed to see um, anything. Um, but I had recently seen some photos of the bag. Uh, or supposedly the bag and the boots Uh, somebody had brought to my attention these photos that the family put out
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and um, they had said that they talked to his mother and his mother said that yes that those were the items that were found in the tree that day and um, I asked this lady well you know could you send me a confirmation of that because I wanted to know for sure that these were the the items because I had never seen them before. Mm-hmm. So she would not send me the screenshot to confirm it. But instead what happened was Jesse's mother sent me a message. This was yesterday, um, shooting off and all kinds of stuff. But in that message, she did say that this bag was identified by multiple family members, that it was that bag. Um, so finally, after seven years, I was able to see these pictures that they, they posted. And like I said, this is my opinion. Um, I'm going to say I'm not so much my opinion. Um, this is what I 100% believe that is not Jesse's bag. I've been waiting to see photos to determine that. And mm-hmm. now I feel like I know that, that that's not his bag. Okay. Um, I don't feel like he was ever up there.
0: Okay, well, we won't get into whether he was up there, up there or not, but regarding the, how about the boots? Do those boots look like ones that you ever saw when you two lived together? Did they look like ones that Jesse had? No. And the bag that is in there, you're also saying, once again, being that you lived with Jesse for many years, you never saw him with that kind of bag before? Uh,
1: the bag was similar to that, but it, it's not the same bag.
0: All right, well, we'd like to show a picture of that, so please explain uh, the bag the way you remember the bag that Jesse had and the one that's in the picture. What are the differences?
1: Um, I'd rather not put that information out yet. Um, I don't want to screw up if there's more of an investigation into Mm -hmm. that. I don't want to put the information uh, that would change that.
0: Okay. Please describe that's the. B- okay, with you. okay, please describe the bag. Being that there may be people that might not see the pictures, what is the picture? What is the picture of the bag that is public? What does it look like?
1: Um, it's a camouflage um, book bag. It's like a military style book bag, uh, mm-hmm. and it has like a digital camouflage print on it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's just like one of them ones that have like a ton of zippers and pockets that, you, that are like uh, military style.
0: Okay. And you're saying that the one that Jesse had was not like that? No. Okay. And when she says uh, military, you don't mean like dark green camo. It's like desert camo, like tan color.
1: Um, by military, I just mean like if you would type in like a military book bag, Mm. like the same fashion comes up, like, uh, they have like all these straps that go across your chest, like to help contain the bag. So that's what I mean by military. Uh, but as for, yeah, it wasn't like a dark color. They were, it was a lighter color.
0: Okay. However, that was not the only bag that was found up there, was there?
1: No, there was another bag found a year prior on the elementary school mountain. All
0: right, why well, don't you tell about talk about that one and who found it?
1: Uh, so in the fall, I would say the fall of 2015, which wasn't long after he went missing, um, a couple found were walking on that the mountain across from the high school and they came across a bag. Uh, they said that inside the bag was a wallet that contained Jesse's driver's license and said his name um so they obviously knew the situation and these people happened to also know my parents so they came up to my my house and talked to my parents about it and then that the following day um they were going to go out we were going to go out to see the bag and in the meanwhile when we did go out uh these people had said that Jesse's mother had come and already taken the bag. So we were never able to see that one either. Um, I did call the police about that to see if there was anything that they could do. And they said no. Um, and Jesse's mother uh, says that that bag is not Jesse's. I'm talking about the first bag. Mm-hmm. And she says it wasn't Jesse's. Um, and then she said that that I made the whole story up, and then she said that it's actually her youngest son's book bag, so what is actually the truth about it? I don't know. I was never able to see that one.
0: How did, how did Jesse's mother even know that those two people found that bag?
1: The only thing that I can think of is that we were talking to a mutual person, and I had told her, and she ended up telling Jesse's mother. That's the only way that she could have known because it wasn't something that I was talking to everybody about.
0: Okay. So am I understand then that these people who knew your parents went up there, found that bag, and just left it there?
1: Um, no, I believe that they took it to their house. I don't think they left it.
0: All right, they took it to their house. And then how did they finally cross paths with Jesse's mother?
1: Um... Like I said, I'm not sure about that. All I know is the only thing that I can think of of how his mother found out so quickly was that I had told somebody um, wow. about it that was actually involved in the case and stuff, and I believe that they informed his mother of exactly what I had told her, and she wow. went out to to their house or whatever and talked to them.
0: How would she know or the, any idea how she would even know where these people live did she know them too
1: um everybody seems to know like who they are around here uh, his mom is from this area too she went to school here so there's mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind that she she knows who they are
0: okay so they find this bag they bring it home tell your parents but then you tell somebody who went and told Jesse's mother and then she drives over to their house and confronts them and they give the bag to her Right, and w- remind everybody what was allegedly inside this bag.
1: They said uh, his wallet was a wallet was in there, and that it had Jesse's identification, and that's how they knew that it was his.
0: But Jesse's mother sa- is saying that this never happened.
1: Yeah. Well, she said it never happened. Then she claimed that it was that it's not Jesse's bag. Then she claimed mm. it was. Jesse's youngest brother's bag. So uh, mm-hmm. she said a few different things. And as for like the description of this bag, I don't. I don't even have like a an idea of what this one looked like.
0: These two people who knew your parents have never described it to you. No. Any reason?
1: Um, I think basically because they were kind of talking to my parents about it. I didn't even, I was going that day to talk to him about it, but then I never even followed up with doing it once I knew the bag was gone. I mean, I talked to one of them um, later on, a few months later, I I met up with her and she was just adamant saying about the ID. But um, I do believe I asked her and I'm not sure what she had said. She was mainly like, so focused on saying, like, look, his ID was in this bag. His ID was in this bag. And I remember asking her about that even, too. So, and like I said, I do plan on following up with
0: them, too, to see right. more information. Right. Be interested to see.
1: Information.
0: Obviously, you think the idea would sew this all up, but I'm not so sure. And We have to remember this wasn't even in the location where uh, Jesse said he was, correct? This was on a totally different location.
1: It was found on the elementary school mountain, so it was something he mentioned, but it wasn't the exact spot. He ended up, you know, switching back and forth, so it wasn't the high school mountain. It was the one across.
0: Okay, boy, that is... Really, I mean, what are the odds? They go out looking for... uh, They go out there. I don't know if they were... Were these people even looking for anything, or were they just going on a walk?
1: Um, they said that they were just going on a walk. I think that they they lived kind of near some of the woods there, mm-hmm. and so as far as I can recall, that bag wasn't very far up in the woods either. Like it was basically lower on in into the mountains. Okay.
0: All right. I don't know what to think about that. That just uh, all of it sounds pretty shaky to me. But. Uh... You know, what are the odds they go out, they don't find, no, they don't find Jesse's bag, they find his brother's bag. Uh, you, know, you know, how many, I mean, how many bags are out there around in the mountains of, around Tamaqua, Pennsylvania? It sounds a little, it sounds a little incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is, it is strange, and at the same time, if I would have just been able to see these bags from the get-go, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it could have narrowed down a lot of things.
0: What do the police say about these bags? Uh, these bags are not in police possession, or or what? Have the have the police seen them? Uh,
1: the police didn't see the first bag, um, and I called them. Like I told you, I called them, and they said that there was nothing they could do about that. Um, they, I, from what I heard, happened uh, the. The family removed the bag from the tree and took it to the police station, and the police said that you know they had no use for it, so the mother held on to it. So I, so I was never kept as evidence or anything, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't even think that, because I've asked them in years prior, if, you know, do you have a picture of these bags mm-hmm. or anything, and they said no.
0: All right, people, you can try to decipher all of that. That sounds pretty uh, confusing to me, but we're doing the best we can with the information that's given. Uh, it's That's not Rachel's fault that this stuff is confusing. It's just that uh, just seem doesn't seem to make a lot of sense the way people have presented it. Okay, moving right. on. Uh, what about this guy who showed up at your place? We're not going to use any names. Who was this guy, and what did he have to say?
1: Um, so when... Jesse's brother had gave me, uh, given me these phone records. Uh, he had told me that he knew one of the phone numbers on there, and it was one of the last numbers to talk to Jesse. And in those days, you know, on the 10th and the 11th, and so he told me who it was. And uh, I didn't know who this person was, so uh, a friend of mine took me to where this guy lived. Um, when I went there, his girlfriend said that he wasn't there and that he was in rehab. Uh, so I had left there and I headed home and just as just as I was pulling in, um, my friend said, Well, there he is. He was standing outside of my house. And
0: um He was already he there. Said, he was at rehab, but yeah. he was already there.
1: Yeah, I mean okay. I went right from his house to my house and he was just standing there. And uh I th- or My friend had said something like, well, wh- you know, what are you doing? And he said, "I well, I heard Jesse was missing, and so I came over to see what was going on. And, uh, you know, like I said, I've never met this guy before in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, come- he came over to the car, and we said, well, you know, did you talk to him? Um, you see him before he went missing, and he said no. And so my friend said, well, here's the phone records. You know, so he looked at the phone records, and he just didn't say anything. He just kind of, like, stood there. And then uh, after that, he had told, he said that, you know, Jesse was supposed to meet Kyle, that whole story with him meeting the boyfriend. He didn't Mm -hmm. say that Jesse stayed overnight. Uh, He didn't say that Jesse called him on the day of the 11th and asked him to come out and help them, help Jesse move a truck or something like that. Um, and he said that he knew he was supposed to go meet this boyfriend whose name was Kyle and that, that was the last that he had heard anything. So, uh, that's what happened that day, which was
0: mm-hmm.
1: really weird.
0: Had you ever um, heard of this, had you ever heard of this guy before that day? Had Jesse ever mentioned him before?
1: No. And I even looked back in phone records and, um, I didn't see any record of him before that either.
0: So he, as best as you can tell, Jesse never tried to call this guy until the day of his disappearance.
1: Well, the day he showed up at his house, that's mm-hmm. the, um, the day before, and that's where he stayed, and they mm-hmm. supposedly were using drugs, and then he left early in the morning, and that's the same guy.
0: Okay. All right, this guy have a shady reputation? Yeah. It does. Yeah, we can't forget you go looking for him and she says that he's rehabbing and then he's already at your place before you get home. That, right. is, so- that is something.
1: Yeah, it was odd.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, and no idea that you had no idea that Jesse even knew this guy?
1: No, and I've never met him before either. I wouldn't even have known who he was if my friend hadn't been there.
0: Okay, and did this guy ever convey to you how he and Jesse even knew each other? or how, even for how long?
1: Um, not necessarily. I ended up finding out that Jesse was really good friends with this girl. Um, and so this was a long, long time ago, even before me and Jesse were friends, he was friends with this girl and she had dated this guy for a little bit. So he might've met him, you know, before or anything, but that, as for being as them being friends or anything like that, no, they weren't like long-time friends or childhood friends like everybody puts out there. That wasn't true.
0: Okay. There was, would you say that this guy, uh, was he threatening in any way? Of course, it's creepy that he's already waiting for you. Other than that, though, when you talk to him, um, intimidating, did he give you the creeps? Was he trying to get you to stop from trying to figure out what happened to Jesse? Anything like that?
1: I, uh, I wouldn't say he gave me a creeps or anything. Um, he did. He was. He would try to avoid me. Like I said, I I, I went back to his house a few times, and then he, mm. he was there, and he would answer the door, and uh, he he would talk to me and stuff like that. Um, but there's been times where. Like stories have gotten so mixed up and everything else, and a lot of people point towards the same person. And I mean, like, it, it just got really mixed up. Okay.
0: okay. All right. Moving on. Of course, we've already talked about this uh, missing money. Uh, we still don't have it. It still seems uh, outrageous. But here in 2023, it's still the same story. This money, the reason it was disappearing is. Is because the brother actually came over and told you it was for beer and cigarettes. Yep. Okay. Moving on. Jesse's Facebook account. Is it your impression that after he went missing that somebody was using his Facebook account?
1: Yes, that somebody was definitely using his account.
0: Why do you think that?
1: Um, Well, almost immediately, a bunch of people sort of contacted me saying, Hey, uh, Jesse's active right now online. And um, there was, uh, so I would look at that, uh, and it wasn't hidden either. It would say he's active. Um, So I would start sending sending him messages, and I thought, oh, my God, this is great. He's out there, you know. Um, But he would read the messages, but there was never a response. So I started thinking that that was strange. So I did contact the police because I thought right away that, it had to have been the police, um, and they said no that it that it wasn't them because they were still waiting for the warrant to come back from Facebook so that they were allowed to access his account. Mm-hmm. So, as that went on, um, his messages kept getting read, and I would send messages because at that point I knew something was going, something wasn't right. So I would send messages, hoping like saying something that only me and him would know about. I, one time I said, you know, meet me here, if you're out there, meet me here, um, a place that only me and him knew about, and I would actually go there, I ain't wait for him, and he never showed, um, I would say things to try to get him to react, or get something, tell him something, I've said yeah. to him, you know, like, yeah, if something's going on, I'll help you, I'm here for you, just please let me know you're okay, um, and he's all were being read and knowing Jesse, I think that he would have he would have answered and, and he never did. Um, and then after that, uh, things on his page actually started changing. Um, he had pictures on there and he posted on there um, in the days prior to his disappearance and they were deleted. Um, his personal info was changed and... Uh, Pages that he would like or dislike or whatever. They were all altered. Um, everything changed. There was even friend requests from Jesse's account to people after his disappearance. Uh, and these people would tell me so. Um, so obviously somebody was on his Facebook.
0: When did you first notice this and how do- how long did this go on?
1: Uh, it's still going on. and um, Wow. I noticed this almost immediately. I, I was messaging him on Facebook, but actually it was other people who had seen his active status that had told me, that brought my attention to it. And i say that that was about, it wasn't long after his disappearance, a few days after wow. it was accessed.
0: Wow. The way you remember it, in what ways, How how would Jesse usually access his Facebook account? Through his phone
1: yeah he actually created uh, this Facebook when he got the new phone so mm-hmm. you know like when you when you set up an account through your phone at least back then you would uh, use your number instead of your email address and then on like a desktop you would obviously use like a email address and then access access your account but then if you tried to use the phone number um, on a desktop it, it really wouldn't allow you to do that. Now, I know now things are different and mm-hmm. you can access it all different kinds of ways. But as far as I know, um, yeah, he set it up through his his actual phone number and he only had like, he only accesses Facebook through his cell
0: phone. All right. So I guess what we're saying is then that it very well could be that somebody had that phone and was using his account. Because anybody else, if they wanted to get into his account, they didn't have to know his login information, including his password.
1: Right, which would take time to figure out. You know what I mean? It doesn't mm-hmm. I mean I know people do that for a living, but I it, it usually don't happen that fast. And I've been trying to get a direct answer on that. Like is that absolutely like what could have happened? Does somebody have his phone? And I, mm-hmm. I didn't get a direct answer, but as far as I'm told that that's what seems like what happened that somebody has phone
0: to be able to access that. So you're saying things that have been deleted from it. What is uh, anything that has been added to his account over the last, la- last eight years, you know, photo, um, you know, any, you know, photos or likes or, you know, anything like that.
1: Um, the one thing that I, that really stuck out to me uh, was there was this, page and I can't remember exactly it was a horror, a horror page and it was something horror um, and it was basically like almost like a comic book thing mm-hmm. and what freaked me out about it was it was like these pictures drawn um, there was one where this guy was laying on a table and he was being cut apart and then there was another one where this man was running and he was being chased in like a wooded area and i'm like what the hell is this and um i had actually brought it out to social media and and like you know made it known like that this was going on like his social media is being accessed somebody's putting this on here and i mean it, to me it's not it's a little ironic for for that page with what was being what was on that page yeah. and what was going on with Jesse's case i was like this feels like somebody's like Making a mockery of him, you know. Mm-hmm. And since then, since I had brought it out, um, that page has been um, taken off his page. It's no longer like a like on his page. And when I try to find that exact page, it's completely gone. Like it's been deleted. And that's just one one thing.
0: All right. And your impression is the this Facebook account manipulation continues to this day in 2023. Yes. Now in the process of talk in the process of us talking about Jesse's disappearance uh, you have told me that there are other people other young men missing or have been murdered in uh, the Tamaqua area over the years going back I mean to the 1980s and we'll just keep this real simple I'm just going to read off these names James Herrig H A R I G Seth Musket M U S K E T T John Long from 1988, Zach Vidal, V I D A L in 2022, and then a couple P- uh, men who were murdered Jason Hahn, H A H N, and Corey Samuels, S A M U E L S. To your knowledge, did Jesse know any of these people?
1: Um no i we, I do remember a specific time when Jay Hahn went missing before he was found and I remember me and Jesse discussing that mm-hmm. and just talking about it uh, me and I knew Jay from when we were young kids uh, huh. Jesse knew his brother um but as for you know knowing him when this happened no mm. and we we didn't know any of the other people either neither did it. Jesse didn't know any of them.
0: Okay. Any possibility that any of these others, of course, maybe John Long going back to 1988 is a stretch, but the rest of them have any connections, uh, like to the guy who showed up at your house that day or anybody else? Um, to your knowledge.
1: To my knowledge, I don't think so. I don't think that there's uh connection with anything like that, but the, there is a connection as for the mountain. I mean James Herrick went missing on on Sharp Mountain, um not in the tomaco area, a few miles from there, but still the same mountain. Um Zachary Videl, uh he went missing in the Pottsville area, but they believed that he could be also on Sharp Mountain. Um mm-hmm. Seth Musket went missing right near the same area that Jesse you Know where this mountain was, but it wasn't exactly, but it was close. I mean, so that you know, and Jay Hahn, uh, him and that Corey Samuels, they they went missing, and Jay was found on Sharp Mountain. And this was again, you know, again, it was not right in Tamakwa, but it was down the highway a bit, and he was found murdered. And Corey Samuels, same mountain, but in that the total opposite direction, okay.
0: And you should, and maybe this shouldn't be any surprise. I mean, this is a mountainous part of Pennsylvania. A lot of mountains around there. I'm from originally from Pennsylvania, not flat where I grew up in western Pennsylvania, but it's certainly not as mountainous as the middle of Pennsylvania. By the time you get to western Pennsylvania, things are starting to flatten out. And of course, when you get to Ohio, it's really flat, and is, right. as is most of the Midwest. Okay, so really not sure if we can make. Any connections uh, regarding any of uh, these people? You living in the area, were you aware of all these men being missing? I mean, you knew Hunt, but just being living in the area, were you aware of all of these?
1: Mm, no. I, I vaguely remember James Harrig, hearing mm. about him because he mm-hmm. was from the Tamarco area. Um, I don't remember about Seth. Even though it was it, that happened like a year before Jesse, but I don't remember that. Um, but you know, once Jesse went missing, that's when I found out about you know more about James's case. And I learned about John Lango's case, and then Zachary went missing just last year. He did. Um, on October twenty right. second.
0: Right, he did. Yeah. I know what I was going to ask you. Uh, given the, this sharp mountain area, how familiar was Jesse with it? Being that you knew him so well, you have two children with him, knew him for a long time. When would you say was the last time, if we are to believe that he was uh, telling the truth or was seeing reality as it was, however you want to put it, that he was really up on that high school mountain that night, when would you say would have been the last time that he was on that, on that mountain, if ever?
1: Prior to this, yep. Uh, I would have to say probably um, sometime that summer we, we probably were up there doing, you know, what we always did. Um, we even okay. took our kids up the woods and had like a campfire and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like cook hot dogs, that kind of thing. You know, we would take the kids up there and, and hike. So I'm not exactly sure when the last time, but I, I'm sure that we had been up there that summer before he we went
0: missing. All right, so this was not a strange place to him. He had been up there. Once again, if we are to believe that he actually I'm not sure we have to believe the coyotes and everything, but if he was up on this mountain, the what you call a high school mountain, he had been there before. Yeah. Okay. All right. Rachel, how has this uh, affected you? Of course, you had a, a one-year-old and a six-year-old when this happened, and now you have a, I guess, roughly a 14-year-old and a... Nine year old, you know, how's this affected you over the last eight years?
1: Um, well, uh, well, it's changed everything. I mean, this hasn't uh, changed my entire life and everything in it. I mean, my kids, they don't have their father and, and they've been robbed of a father who was there for them and loves them. Um. So, dealing with that and keeping their, you know, I don't know exactly how to put it but you know they're they've had rough times and you know helping them through that and that was very rough also and i mean as for me i've known jesse a long time i mean we were together almost eight years and now he's missing longer than we've even been together right
0: um
1: and before our relationship like i said we were good friends and we helped each other through stuff uh we got our first place together and you know, so in a sense, we grew up together, we became parents together, we had a life together, uh, we had plans together, we had plans for the future, um, we were going to move from this area, we both wanted to go to college, I, like I said before, um, we wanted the, the most we was that we uh, aimed for is that we wanted the absolute best for our kids. Um, Mm -hmm. And we did everything together. And then, you know, one day without warning, he just vanishes without a trace. And it's hard to describe that feeling. I mean, like, he was the love of my life, and now he's gone, and there's no answers to what happened. Um, So, like, losing him and looking for him and all that was hard enough. And then trying to go on or live without him it was like a whole other hardship and it's like, and that's really hard to describe. I mean, he was missing, uh, he's physically lost. And I guess like you could say I was lost mentally and every other sense and I still am. Um, It's hard to go on like, but I try to stay strong for my children because they need me and, you know, I still want to fight for this for Jesse. Uh, He deserves justice and he deserves peace.
0: When you um, talk to your own family, your parents, uh, of course your brother was there with you that night. I mean does Jesse's name come up a lot? Do you still discuss what could have happened uh, back at that time? You know, how often uh, does he come up in conversations uh, with your family?
1: Um, All the time because it's something that's always on my mind and my family is really open to talking to me about it. And uh, we had recently just went, uh, me and my my brother and my sister, uh, we went up and searched the the area where the book bag was supposedly found. Uh, And um, so we do that kind of thing together. My family is always supportive of helping me. Um, with this, and they do stuff on their own also, and uh, we we discuss it often. But we also mm. talk about you know like things that happen, like with the good times and stuff like that. Sure. too.
0: Sure. Looking back, let me ask you this: being that this call, and like I said, I, you know, if we knew what happened, we could just go solve it right now. But my impression is going to be that. Most people who listen to this, they very well may be that believe that he was up on some mountain or that foul play occurred. But I think don't really think they're going to believe that coyotes were involved in this. Um, or, you know, and we know coyotes exist in Pennsylvania, so that's not that crazy. But um, did... You know, sometimes when people manifest things, if they are hallucinating on drugs, sometimes they do start talking about things that maybe are on their mind. Was there any reason you can think of that coyotes would have been on Jesse's mind at this time? Did he ever talk about coyotes? Did you ever see coyotes when you'd go out up to that mountain or anywhere, anything like that?
1: No, I actually tried to think about that too. Like, I, I thought maybe, like, what if he said coyotes, but he he was trying to tell me something different. Like he meant something different and he thought I'd understand that. Like Mm -hmm. I've I've thought of every aspect, like you could think of like mean this or, you know, whatever. Um, But I do believe that he thought that coyotes were after him. Now, you know, I've said this before to other people that when he did call, it was completely silent in the background Uh, and coyotes are pretty loud. So I didn't hear any animals or anything like that.
0: Um, what was the other question? I uh, I'm sorry. just wondering, you know, if you ever talked about coyotes? Did you ever see coyotes? Would there have been any reason oh. that coyotes would have been on his mind? Did he ever have an encounter with coyotes or anything?
1: No, um... I've never seen coyotes. I've seen lots of animals in the, in the woods, in these woods—bears, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. Um, I actually only seen a coyote one time, and it wasn't even on the mountain. It was on that valley road. I was coming back from work, and it was running across the road. And I actually thought it was like a German shepherd, and it was mm-hmm. a coyote, and it was like really light, lightly colored. Uh, and that's the only time I've seen that. I've actually seen like a lot of. Huge bears and everything, but I've never seen coyotes. And like you said, they are around here,
0: but that's yeah, I've are. never
1: seen them personally. No,
0: okay. Let me also ask you this once again. Getting to that call, he did he did he did say bring guns. That's what he said. He did. That
1: was the first thing he said.
0: Okay. Now I have to ask. But once again, I realize this is usually a very private conversation. But do you own guns that you could have brought?
1: Not at that time, I didn't. The only gun that was at our house was a twenty two that his grandfather had given him, and it was something of Jesse's from his, from when he was a kid, and his grandfather gave it to him as a gift, and it was in uh, the gun safe. Um, but otherwise, no, I, I didn't even ever shoot a gun until after Jesse went missing, and I didn't have any guns of my own at that time.
0: All right, so he's telling you to bring guns, but if, dare I say, if he was in his right mind, he would know that you've never shot a gun before, and the only gun that is even familiar to you is in a gun safe, and it's just one gun. It's not like you have ten guns.
1: Right, right.
0: Right, and on, on top of that, he's telling you to bring guns, but it seems he didn't call anybody else. Right. So, how it's are, you, how are, how are and, uh, you? I don't
1: understand it because he knew that I didn't have any. He knew that I didn't have access to women or anything like that. So. All right.
0: So, he's calling but you. How are you supposed to bring guns, plural, when he should know that there's only one gun that you would even know how to find it? to You even have access to one. Right. And it's not like he said, get your brother, get your family, call the cops, or, you know, um, it wasn't that. He just said, bring guns, and I'm in a tree, and there are 10 or 11 coyotes after me. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's another part of the comment that, I mean, you know, dare I say, and, uh, you know, I've been more vocal, I own more than one gun. So if somebody calls me and says, hey, Ed, I'm in trouble, I'm out in the woods, bring guns, I would be capable of bringing guns, plural. Uh, right. But you, given what you're saying here, you would not be able to bring guns. And he would probably know right. that. Okay. And on top of the fact, yeah. I can understand why he might call you. Of course, he cares about you. You trust him. He trusts you. But dare I say, if he's surrounded by coyotes, uh, why aren't you calling 911 or something?
1: Yeah, that's been brought up, and that's a good question. I'm not sure why he didn't call like 911 or the police or anything like that. Um, uh, somebody once in a comment brought up a good something I never thought about before because uh, I, like I said, I could never make sense of a gun thing. Um, they had said maybe he had said that out loud because he was trying to let somebody else hear that. You know, like somebody's coming and they have guns, like you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But. Um, that's the only thing that that I get that I ever heard that even made it a little bit of sense. But like I said, at the same time, he thought coyotes were there, so that doesn't add up either.
0: So I mean, the whole yeah. phone call is really mm-hmm. um, yep doesn't make a lot really of, doesn't make a lot of sense. The 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 problem is, we do have stories of him trying to you know get get drugs and everything else. But then it comes back to when did this start? Because you never got the impression uh, that he was doing them, and of course. A lot of things were st- of his were still at your place, and in the last eight years, once you started kind of cleaning things up, and it, you know, maybe it looked like Jesse wasn't going to be coming back anytime too soon. Did you ever find anything that uh, led you to believe that you, you, that Jesse was different than the man you knew?
1: No, um, I actually like searched the entire house. Because I was thinking, like, I kept thinking he had to have another phone. He had to have another phone. Like, that this doesn't make sense. And I could, I never found another phone. Um, he had, like, a lot of paperwork and stuff in his safe and everything. I went through all that. Um, there was never, like, there was never nothing. Anything I could find anywhere. Just his normal stuff. I never found anything that, you know like uh, drug paraphernalia or hidden
0: stacks of money or anything that you would think if he was doing something like that. Okay. Rachel, do you have a Facebook page, website, anything like that? TikTok account, Instagram, anything like that set up for Jesse's disappearance? If so, why don't you uh, give them to the audience right now?
1: Um, I do have a Facebook and a website for him, and I do have a TikTok. Um, Facebook is Finding Jesse Farber. Um, the TikTok is just under my name. It's at RCC Carol. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of videos on there where um, it's, you know, it's flyer and different pictures, but I also have, like, live videos because I think okay. they're important for people to see.
0: mm mm-hmm. um, Okay, Rachel, any final words before we complete this interview?
1: Um, I just want to thank you, Ed, for, you know, making the time to do this for Jesse's case. And, um, as for anybody listening, um, if anybody ever has any information, even something small, um, please come forward because it could change his case completely, um, and I'm also grateful for everyone out there who been helping me through this. And again, thank you, Ed. I really appreciate the help that you are giving you, Jesse, In his case.
0: You're very welcome, Rachel. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound.
1: Thank you very much.
0: You're welcome. And that was my August 26th, 2023 interview with Rachel Carroll girlfriend of Jesse Farber. I thank her for joining me and all of you on this episode. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yep, I've made a map to make sure anyone who is interested can see what he or she can make of Jesse's movements that day and night of August 11th, 2015. You can find the analysis video on Unfound's YouTube channel. Rachel has created a website for Jesse's disappearance. The problem is that the address for it is a combination of letters and numbers. that would be too confusing to recite here. So, please find the link on Unfound's page on Facebook and at Unfound's website, theunfoundpodcast.com. After I did the interview with Rachel, she posted a video on TikTok in which she definitively states that the bag found in the tree during one of the searches on Sharp Mountain is not Jesse's, despite what others who knew Jesse thought. I've posted a link to Rachel's TikTok page on Unfound's website, once again, UnfoundPodcast.com, if you would like to view the video for yourself. So, what do you think about all of this? Well, there was certainly something going on with money before Jesse disappeared. I realized that given how Jesse acted the night he went missing, that the first idea will be that he had gotten mixed up in drugs. And you heard Rachel mention that possibility. The problem is, would his younger brother really cover for Jesse like that? And seriously, the best story that the two could concoct was that Jesse owed his brother money for beer and cigarettes from like 10 years ago. Hey, dare I say we've all covered for a sibling at one time or another. But this tale is about the worst cover story I've ever heard. In fact, it covered nothing, and only highlighted something wrong was going on. Yet, I'm not sure that had anything to do with Jesse's disappearance. As for the call, we must consider that Jesse could have called anyone that night, but he called Rachel. This tells me that there was at least a part of Jesse that understood reality. In other words, that he called her and didn't call his job, or his dentist, or his barber, tells me in his mind Jesse thought he was in trouble and caught a person he trusted to help him. That shows clarity. The problem is, how do we combine that with the coyotes' and guns' statements? And was he really on Sharp Mountain? How would it be possible for Jesse to pick Rachel's number out of his phone's directory but at the same time really think coyotes were after him? How would it be possible for Jesse to pick a person who cared deeply about him to call, but then turn around and tell her to bring guns when Jesse would know that Rachel didn't have any? And if Jesse expected Rachel to follow through with his instructions in going to the mountain to save him... Why didn't he answer his phone when she called back several times? Hard to understand. I think if we had answers to these topics, then we would be much closer to solving Jesse's disappearance. Or maybe those are my famous last words. If you'd like to hear and read my further in-depth analysis of Jesse Farber's disappearance, please go to patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast and sign up to partake in the Unfound blog. Until then, I leave the public theorizing up to you. And that's the program. Right now, while you are in your podcast platform, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, wherever, give Unfound a five-star review, a thumbs up, whatever that platform allows. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Densel, and you've just finished this episode of Unfound.